Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Bushby and Thompson's Wrestling Adventure. I'm Martin Bushby and with me, as always, is the main man himself, Mr. Andrew Thompson. Andrew, how's it going with you this month? My, my main man, Martin. What's going on, my good man? It's uh, always a pleasure talking to you. We are back for this month's installment of Bushby and Thompson's Wrestling Adventure, uh, covering some good old PWG. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, it's uh, episode number 13, which might be unlucky for some, but not for us this month, Andrew. <laughs> was, uh, we're delighted to welcome uh, Chinieri Okafor, and uh, thank you so much for joining us this month. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me, guys. Wrestling no, thanks. Adventures. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for coming on. Um, we were just talking off air. You're based in uh, South Africa, aren't you? Yes, I am. All the way down south. It's very awesome. cool. So the, the time difference uh, between all three of us. So, Martin, Martin what, what, what time is it where you are right now? Uh, it's half past six where I am. And I know where uh, Chinyari are just an hour in front of me, aren't you? Yep. Yeah, and it's, uh, <laughs> it's 1.30 p.m. where I'm at. That's <laughs> still crazy. Got the rest of the, still got the rest of the day to go out <laughs> And then, of course, uh, Chinyari, she's going to be on the NWA podcast coming up real soon uh not, not i don't think not too long after this after this comes out i think maybe like two weeks or so she's gonna be on there with nate chris and and maria it's gonna be interesting to hear that so i can't wait to uh hear, hear all you guys together as you break down the latest news uh i'm, I'm pretty sure the, the news cycle will only get even more hectic uh from from now until when you guys start recording definitely definitely it's just one of those things where i'm looking forward to it and i feel like this is like the perfect place for me to start though with you guys you know here we go see see look, look we, we we getting in good already man before the <laughs> nwa podcast oh yeah definitely but um just about a bit about your uh, background um you write for a number of uh wrestling and mma sites don't you yes i do yes i do uh okay so basically i write for talking point sports as well as mmaprospects.com and then I write and I do a little um, show for Notoriety Sports Network where we discuss wrestling, basically. Very cool. Yeah, excellent. How did you uh, first become involved in sort of like writing about wrestling and combat sports then? I was on LinkedIn. You know, I was just like, okay, you know what? I'm in my third and final year of studies. And I was like, now I'm starting to panic because will I actually get a job? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to just go on LinkedIn and all of that and I applied. Then I got like, one of like an editor for one of the sites was like, hey, I saw you applied. Uh, would you like to join? And I was like, yeah, of course. And yeah, then basically that's where it started. Then everyone else keeps finding me. Then Andrew found me also. Ah, oh, Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, basically. As a Yuri, how have you been sort of um, enjoying the current wrestling scene right now? Like what are some of your favorite products to tune into or, or so, some of your favorite wrestlers to watch or people that you uh, keep keep an eye on when you when you have the time to um okay so i used to always have an issue with wwe but like this week's role really really made me happy hey i actually stayed up for the entire three hours and that's usually very difficult and i'm sure martin can actually relate to this in terms of like the time difference so by the time that like role starts here it's 2 a.m so for me to actually stay up from two up until five is usually quite a drag. But like this week has just been making me very happy. And then tonight we have Grand Slam, you know? And I'm just very happy. Oh, yeah. Why I, I know that. For Grand Slam? Uh, I doubt it. I'm working in the morning. But uh, okay. yes, 
I know the pain of having to stay up late for, um, and then you see yep. all the Americans complaining when they've got to stay up for one New Japan show. <laughs> <laughs> the pain is real over this side of the world for sure. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic to have you on for this. Yeah, I've really been looking forward to recording this show. And because um, this month we are going to go back seven years to talk one of my favorite PWG shows, Black Coal Sun, from the 12th of December 2014. And obviously, Long history in PWG, widely regarded for a time as one of the sort of biggest indies in the world with everyone wanting to wrestle there. I'd say this time period, especially around 2014, was definitely um, their peak popularity-wise because they were instantly selling out, tickets going second-hand for a lot of money, loads of celebrities turning up. William Regal was even there scouting talent. They had their annual tournament, Battle of Los Angeles, seeing some of the cream of the indie scene appearing. I mean... It's cooled off quite a lot now in, uh, in 2021. And, you know, their regular venue, the American Legion Hall, has, has been demolished now. And, you know, a lot of fans, you know, don't really like their DVD model of getting the shows out, you know, for people who weren't in attendance. Um, you know, it, might, it seems incredibly archaic now, you know, with most wrestling now available on the day of the show or the day after via a streaming service. So easy to see why people don't talk PWG as much as they used to. But, um their super indie model is definitely copied by promotions all over the world. And I wanted to ask both of you, and we'll go with you first, Andrew. Um, are you a fan of PWG? Have you had a chance to see many of the shows? I started to catch up on PWG, like how I did uh, most of the most of the independent scene and even some Japanese wrestling. Like, I, you know, you hear things and you, you know, see some you know, social media and stuff like that. And just over the years, you know, you go back and you watch stuff. And that, that's pretty much how I got caught up on most if not all things pwg but i re re really didn't like see everything as it happened like i sort of went back and just you know caught up on everything what about you uh Tignari? is uh is this um the first pwg show you watched or have you had a chance to uh, catch much of it i think this is the first pwg show that i watched in its entirety like I usually like find maybe like a match and then I watch that, you know, especially um, I know one of the first PWG matches that I ever watched was the was the one between the world's cutest tag team and the Young Bucks where like Candice LeRae was just mm. bleeding because I remember that went viral. So, um, but like now I'm just kind of catching up and yeah, it's really cool to just see where like all of these other wrestlers who are now like in these big promotions came from and like things like that. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I certainly think a lot of people do that with uh, PWG and US Indies sort of cherry pick matches and stuff. And I do remember that, uh, yeah, the Young Bucks World's Cutest Tag Team one was everywhere, especially the gif with the uh, the uh, yeah. super kick with the with the sort of <laughs> nails on the bottom. Yeah, that was absolutely gruesome. I remember there was a lot of chat about that at the time. Yeah, so yeah, definitely remember that. But um, I suppose before we get into the show, what I normally do is talk a bit about some sort of like you know, history around the time period, especially in 2014. I wanted to look back at what else was going on in the world of wrestling. Um, in WWE, Brock Lesnar was champion, having won it at SummerSlam from John Cena. I think this was um, around the time, Andrew, when Brock was just making sporadic appearances and he wasn't appearing on every show. Yeah, I, I, I believe that was this time period. It, it, it was a lot going on in 2014, man. This was sort, sort of the, uh, the show happened, sort of at the conclusion of everything. And CM Punk left this year. Uh, we had the the Danielson, uh, big WrestleMania win, and how, how ironic today he's having his uh match against mm -hmm. Kenny Omega at, at Grand Slam. Um, yeah, it, it was a lot of stuff going on in 2014 uh, inside WWE and outside of it. 
Oh, definitely. And then over on Impact, the champion was Bobby Roode, having beaten uh, oh, Lash- Lashley <laughs> earlier in the year. Uh, it, any memories of uh, Impact from this time period, uh, Chinieri? Is that a promotion that you follow? Uh, not really. Yeah, nah. But like now that you're saying it, I'm like Bobby Roode, and like I'm, I'm thinking of like where he's at right now, and I, and I just got kind of sad actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. And I also don't uh, blame you for not following along with Impact. You know, that's a, a promotion that's definitely had a storied history. Um, moving over to New Japan, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi was the IWGP champion, having beaten AJ Styles at the King of Pro Wrestling. Uh, care to guess who was in AJ's corner for that uh, match, Andrew? For the King of Pro Wrestling 2014. Yeah. Oh, put, put me on the spot, Martin. Uh, let me take, let me was, take a wag. No, 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 was, don't get to. Oh, you, you about to? Oh, wait, wait. Let me, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me just think. Let me random name. Random name. Bullet, Bullet Club. Uh, I, I, I feel like it's the most random person. <laughs> and I, I feel like you asked me this for a specific reason. Let me say, is it is it Bad Luck Fale or somebody like? I don't know. Like oh no, Jeff oh, Jarrett no, or some no, shit. No, mate. There you go, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> He gets absolutely everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remember we talked about that during our interview, and I was like, this, this got to be like the most random, any, any like random person out there that got to be with Bullock. It's either Fale. Fale's not random, but like it had to be Fale or, you know, somebody like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think he made like two appearances because he was hype, helping them hype sort of uh, Wrestle Kingdom that year, wasn't he, for a pay-per-view in America? Yeah, and I think he only made a, a couple of appearances um, as a Blowlit Club member. But yeah, I thought that I thought that was hilarious reading that. Bit. I was like, oh, yeah, Jeff gets everywhere, doesn't he? He gets in every promotion, no matter where they are or what they do. Jeff will, Jeff will be there um, one time or another. But that was a fantastic time to be a New Japan fan. And then <laughs> lastly... Ring of Honor champion was Jay Briscoe beat Michael Elgin for the title in Toronto. I mean, it's funny because uh, talking about Ring of Honor with this PWG show we're about to talk, uh, Ring of Honor had told their contractor talents that they were uh, no longer going to appear in other promotions just as PWG. Uh, so going into the show, they all thought it was going to be Adam Cole's last appearance for the company. It wasn't because he did make two other appearances before joining NXT. So, uh, yeah, really interesting that there. We always seem to have this sort of like when companies such as impact and uh, and ring of honor like have wrestlers under contract then they suddenly decide they're not going to be letting them work independent promotions but then they always seem to go back on that but um yeah suppose uh, now we've got that out of the way shall we uh, get onto the show itself because uh, we are in a packed out american legion post in Reseda, california and uh on commentary, we have uh, excalibur pulling double duty um because he's doing the ring announcing on the show as well so uh Excalibur have been obviously well known for doing the, the commentary for PWG, but obviously now in AEW, Chinyeri. Yeah, uh, like I really enjoy his commentary also. So it was fun to actually hear him also be doing the ring announcing and stuff. And I think he's one of like the the, pe- the main people at PWG, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he was definitely part of that uh, crew running PWG, but um, yeah, yeah. certainly I really feel like he's coming to his own as um, the AEW announcer, Andrew. No, I definitely feel like Excalibur is for sure coming into his own. Like, if if not coming into his own, he already has. I feel like he adds something completely different from Shivani and and Jr. And you know, we we can uh we we all can have our moments of uh, Jim Ross and and, and laugh about mm. some of the stuff that he said, especially saying 
the WWE Dynamite after that great video package that AEW put. I was like, what a way to close the show. That's JR right there. But um, yeah, Tony Schiavone sort of adds that other portion of nostalgia uh, from from his days in WCW and being on TNT. And then, you know, Excalibur is just more so of the, you you, you could say a part, I mean, he, he Excalibur's been around for a long time, but he sort of brings in that sort of that new flavor to the commentary table. And it's not, it's not like all throwback style commentary or like mm. he's like very knowledgeable of like all the moves and stuff like that. So I definitely am a, um, a, a fan of Excalibur's work. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with what you're saying there. Um, in the crowd for the show, we had a uh, John Morrison who was with Lucha yeah. Underground at the time. He sat there as uh, three of the original four source women, uh, Ronda Rousey, not among them, but I know she did attend quite a number of uh, PWG shows, uh, especially around this time period. And uh, into match one, it's the African-American Werewolves team of ACH, AR Fox and Rich Swan going up against Chuck Taylor, Johnny Gargano and Bobby Fish. And this very much a PWG style match to kick things off. Everyone getting the shit in, total chaos all around. It's December, so ACH has got a Santa hat on. Of course, he has the crowd of chanting ho ho. ACH at him, lots of chants from the crowd, lots of comedy wrestling, tons of double team all over the place. Won't be for everybody, but I always enjoy this sort of match to kick off a show. A nice scramble, lots of crowd interaction, lots of flipping. But for me, I don't know about you guys, but out of everyone in this match, the main standout was AR Fox. I mean, he used to come to the UK quite a bit back in the day for Southside, and I used to love seeing him there on a regular basis. But Andrew, that's a guy who definitely needs to be more out there, I think. AR Fox, yeah, I, he, he's currently training at, at uh, WWA4 School in Atlanta. I think he, he took it over from Mr. Hughes. But um, yeah, man, AR Fox is one of those guys, like, I, it, he, he he's I, it, it's sad to say but i really do think he's gonna be one of those guys that sort of doesn't get his flowers until like years later down the line i feel like there are some select few or even a group of people or maybe hundreds of people out there that know how good ar fox is and how good he has been for all these years but it's like he's just one of those guys that maybe is just a thing of him not really getting that big break mm-hmm. on may, maybe a national scale and like people sort of him sort of flying under the radar but AR Fox, like he has been one of the most consistent wrestlers, like throughout the years. I, m- I remember even when he was um doing some of the tag stuff in um AAW. I can't remember exactly who he was teaming with, but I know he, he it, I know I used to see a bunch of matches with him and Marvin Reed uh, in AAW and, and tag matches and stuff like that. And he, that's when I first got the chance to like see AR Fox like as he was going, and then of course going back and seeing some of his old stuff. But yeah, man, AR Fox is definitely uh one of the best talents out there. He should get that uh that proper praise. I, I, you, I don't know if you guys had the chance to see the match he had at the, um, the, the, the black, uh, wrestling, not, not, the, not the black wrestlers matter show, the GCW for the culture show against, um, two cold Scorpio. I was very, very, very impressed, uh, with, with that match. And that, that's one that stood out to me from, from last year. Oh no, I didn't have a chance to watch that one, but I'll definitely have to get around it. Um, what about you, uh, Chinye? What were your, some, some of your thoughts on, uh, on this opener we had here? I think it was an amazing opener, honestly. And I agree with Andrew, actually, in terms of like um, with AR Fox and stuff, I feel like he's very underrated. Also, I was introduced to AR Fox when he was Dante Fox in Lucha Underground. Mm -hmm. So like all of those people, Lucha Underground is just that promotion for me. (laughs) So so it's just one of those things, right? Where like, I just saw his talent be. So like, even with this match, I was like, hey, hey, AR Fox, you know, like, what's up? Mm-hmm. Um, and he really did stand out, honestly. I, I agree with you there, Martin. 
say only only uh pwg can the focus of, of, a, of a match be a christmas hat a santa hat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and you get booed for, for stepping on the santa hat that's p that's peak pwg right there man and the, the crowd the, the best thing about it is man the crowd was just eating it up the whole time like they I, like these these shows like these pwg shows man the crowd is like i would say like 85 percent 80 80 percent of the show man like they the way they play yes. along and the way they just add to the overall feel, like is that, that's I think that's why PWG is as special as it was slash is. Oh, definitely, and I think this also goes to the point that Tanya was making earlier about you know seeing a lot of these guys you know before they went on to sort of like uh, bigger things because obviously Rich Swan, you know, former Impact champion now isn't he? You know, and then obviously ACH mm -hmm. had the, was in WWE for a bit, you know, and obviously all the troubles there. And obviously Johnny Gargano, you know, but main event in NXT and things like that. Chuck Taylor in AEW now. And um, yeah, it is interesting that all these guys obviously used to appear for PWG all the time. Um, what's the latest with um, ACH, Andrew? Obviously, you know, there was, there was a lot of controversy, you know, with his departure from WWE. And I don't seem to have heard much um, about him since. Yeah, I, I think ACH is like, well, he, he he formally announced his retirement. Like he said he was, I I think he did it once um, after the, you know, the t-shirt the situation. Um, and then I think he came, he came back and then he started working some many days. He was working for GCW and, and, a, and a couple more other promotions. And then he, he, was, he did some stuff at AAW as well. And then like he, you know, just said that he was done. And I, I don't, I, he hasn't wrestled since, may like I, he has he legit hasn't wrestled since may or at least any um uh shows that you could see streamed or anything like that so i, I think he probably really is now I, I think that whole situation with the with, with the t-shirt i think that really took a toll on him mentally mm. and um yeah i, I was gonna ask you uh Yere, like when you so when, when you sort of saw the rollout of that whole situation um and and, and then like, i i would say one of the more disheartening things for me was seeing um honestly like seeing some fellow like black people like sort of harping on him but by, by like the way he was they felt he was lashing out and i'm like i i just don't think that's the the way to go to like harp on yeah. him while he's having this clear clearly like it's, it's he's having like a um i don't want to be like be dramatic and call like a mental breakdown but like he was he was just going through a real rough time like and, and you yeah. could tell and it was visible because he was taking it to social media and you know he was saying all these things and then you know he brought up some of the past stuff about Jay Lethal and you know he he, he was just lash, lashing out and I, I don't think like it was good for him to see people that he possibly thought was going to support him sort of um you know harp on him and, and, and get on him in that in that time and then I, I think that ultimately led to him um making that decision to uh say he was going to step away from the ring and then now he you know he hasn't wrestled since uh May of this year Definitely. And also just to add on to that, right, I think it's just one of those things where, you know, like, for example, especially with issues um, concerning the community, right, when someone brings forward an issue like that, it's one of those things where at least we should just explore that issue, right. you know, and actually be like, okay, but then where is this coming from? Because it can't just be out of the name, you know, um, but then like there were people who were just turning on him. And I feel like that was very disheartening for him, honestly. Yeah. And in the way WWE sort of I mean, I mean, like, I, I, I just feel like in, in situations like that, like, I, I'm trying to figure out, like, how did nobody in that who, who, who was who's in that merchandise department mm. or section of their company not look at that shirt 
and be like, okay, let's not do that. Let's not do that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> let's let's not go that route. And the fact that that even made it out there, and then like I I felt like the like of course we I, I think ACH probably did like one interview, but I, I don't think he like really got into like the sort of like nitty gritty of the situation. It was sort of more like general context type stuff. But he like I, I, I if, if I was on the opposite side of the situation, the first thing I would have did was contacted him and first of all apologize for even letting that shirt get out there in the first place and then yeah. figure out how we can sort of reel that back in and, and, and fix it if even possible. Like the, the the way that he sort of came out, it was just like he felt like he was sort of being ignored and things weren't moving in the direction that he thought they should as far as like a situation like that coming about. So I, I definitely understand why he was upset and why he lashed out the way he did. Um, I ain't gonna lie, I, I did enjoy his comments about Hulk Hogan. I always enjoy a good Hulk Hogan jab, always. <laughs> Terry Belair, I'm always down to clown him. But in all seriousness, um, yeah, I, 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 it is kind of sad to see ACA sort of step away from the ring because there are a lot of wrestlers, man, who got influenced by, SC, by ACH. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's such a fantastic wrestler. And it would be a shame if, you know, he, he did have to step away from the ring because obviously, like you said, you know, his mental health, you know, more important than wrestling. So, yeah, it would be a, would be a shame if he, if he has had to step away from the ring full time. But, um, Martin, I was going, Martin, I was actually going to ask you, uh, did, did you happen to see when, uh, Gargano, when Gargano posted a, a picture of him and Adam Cole's like a series of matches? Like so, so it's like a little tribute thing for Adam because Adam Cole's AEW now. Chuck, oh yeah, Chuck, that's it. Chuck, I think I did see something like that. Yeah, it, it, Chuck, Chuck, Chuck Taylor, he commented. <laughs> he said, "Post me too, John, before I do all your Alex Shelley moves on AEW." Dog, we're like, what, 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 what's all that about? <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose Alex Shelley, sort of like I, back in the day, he was he was seen as like the ultimate indie wrestler, wasn't he? And like, that was always the accusation that um, people used to make about a lot of indie wrestlers back in the day that they just copied Alex Shelley's look and his haircut. So I imagine, you know, some people used to throw that back at Gargano back in the day. That's hilarious. <laughs> Typical <laughs> sort of like Chuck Taylor, you'd expect him to sort of post something like that, wouldn't you? For sure. And, uh, but before we, you know, if I let you uh, get, get into the next match, uh, I wanted to ask you like, um, the, you know, it got reported uh, not too long ago, that uh, Johnny Gargano's uh, NXT contract is going to expire. I got reported by Fightful Select that Johnny Gargano's NXT contract said to expire in uh, December. Do you even think yeah. there's a possibility that Gargano is leaving, or you think he's he think he's NXT slash WWE, you know, for uh, for the long term? See, I've been thinking about this, Nate, and I'm not even sure. Like, because it's one of those things where, like, you know, WWE used to be viewed as a place of like stability and all of that and now they're welcoming a baby right uh him and candace so it's one of those things where you know you might want to stay there but then again aew's kind of stable also so i but i think i think okay let me put it like this i wish he would go to aew right because i don't like the, the direction like okay i don't like how unstable nxt is and how unstable wwe is so I'd, I'd like hate to see a talent like Johnny Gargano get wasted. So, yeah. Uh, NXT is definitely 100% a full-blown developmental show. Like, Martin, Martin, have you seen this? Or have you seen, like, the jokes about the um, some of the characters <laughs> on NXT? 
Oh yeah, definitely. It's been hilarious, you know. There's been a lot of uh, attention on Rick Steiner's son as well, hasn't there? Yeah, and, and, and my my favorite, like I, I lied to you, not my my favorite <laughs> character on this NXT show is the Italian mob boss Tony D'Angelo. And it, like I, I, that, that, that's how I know WWE though, like the two early two thousands WWE. Like th- 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 this is it, right? All these different characters, like these random people, like you got a dude who's a university teacher. There's a dude beating up other dudes because uh, he he has no manners. You got a they they got Joe Gacy out here with like a preacher gimmick. He's we quote unquote woke. I, I, NXT is like come, becoming like pure comedy for, for for me now. Oh yeah, I mean you say early two thousands that goes back to the eighties. Surely, no, the 80s, like, oh, 80, yeah. you're, you're Italian American. Oh well, you should be a mob boss. You right, know, exactly. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, anyway, so back onto this show, and uh, match two was uh, Adam Cole against Cedric Alexander. And um, as noted at the start, this was originally supposed to be Cole's last match. Um, had a very interesting uh, ring announcement for uh, Adam Cole um, yeah. involving ACH, uh, Andrew. Uh, it, 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 interesting indeed. Quite the uh, quite the intro that they, they, they chose for this one. Uh, they conf- sort of tried to confuse. Cedric Alexander, jo- jokingly, and I put that in uh, quotations, jo- jokingly uh, tried to confuse him with, uh, what, what did they try to confuse him with? With ACH. Tried to yeah. confuse Cedric Alexander with ACH. But uh, th- th- this is one of those things that uh, when you go back and look at these shows, they do not hold up well. Um, I was very, I was very, very, very surprised. Uh, this is my first time seeing this, this show, uh, this Black Cold Sun show. Uh, to to hear the PWG crowd uh, acknowledge that that was racist, I was very very surprised, extremely surprised uh, to see that. But yeah, this is definitely one of, one of those comments where I was like, oof, like that that does mm-hmm. not hold up well in the in in the slightest. Yeah, I suppose Chinyeri, you kind of don't expect this stuff on a show from 2014. Do you sort of expect it from a show from the 90s or something? Uh, from the 90s, I think definitely, yeah. Uh, 2014. Not so much, you know, because stuff had already started to spread a lot quicker. So, yeah. So it's one of those things where it was very shocking. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, Cole is trying to play off his massive heel character in PWG, but, you know, obviously it's, you know, unforgivable, sort of like making that a part of the act, I think. Um, You you, you, want to know, it's like, and I've seen, like, I'm I'm pretty sure y'all have seen them too, like some of these, uh, videos that they, they you know they, they're from early 2000s like i want to say like 2008 2009 around that time or but like I, i've seen some of these videos man of like um you know excalibur or like kevin steen kevin owens like saying the n-word like i've seen like these videos have been floating around it is it's like these videos have like been around but like but, but like when i especially when i see like this and then when i see stuff from back then that those videos i just mentioned i was like man what the fuck was going on in pwg like did they thought like and mm. even like to hear like some of the like audience members like say in in, in in some some of those videos like in the ways that they react it'll be like they thought that shit was like acceptable and like mm. even with with the the black soul uh black hole uh sun crowd um sort of like jokingly slash maybe seriously acknowledging that it was racist but like in a wrestling x way like Mm -hmm. it was it it was like one of those just weird things and like you 
like it, like I, I I really dislike that um the whole you know you know because people when, when normally conversations like this come up there's always that oh you know it was a different time like I I, I think stuff like like Chenyere said stuff was getting around in in 2014 nobody was an idiot like things had already happened by then like um like like I, I probably yeah around that time. Or, or, or at least within that year or, or, or past two years around 2014, 2013, uh, 2012, like that's probably like was my first like real exposure to like sort of like um, uh, racism in America, like involving the um, Trayvon Martin situation. Like that was probably like my first time like really mm-hmm. knowing like what like what it is out here. So and, and not to compare this to, to that, but like, I'm just talking about like just in the general context of it that people people knew you know what I'm saying what was yeah. foul and, and, and was not like especially considering like everybody in this room is a grown-ass adult so like you, you know yeah definitely Com- completely agree yeah it, it's just I don't know it just sours it for you don't it watching it and it's just you know they're trying to do this thing and it's like you say you know everyone's in on it like it like it's a joke but yeah it just it just sours you especially watching the rest of the match for sure but um now in the intro, obviously, this is the longest reigning PWG champion, Adam Cole here. And um, Alexander, obviously, after that intro starts things off hot and, hot and heavy, throwing Cole to the outside, they brawl around ringside, and you can really see that there is absolutely no room in this venue at all. You can't sort of swing a cat in there. And uh, comes to talking about Cole's evolution from the unassuming guy he was when he first came into the promotion to sort of like the cocky guy that he is now. And, uh, you know, even further sort of like heals himself to the crowd. You know, he goes to clear them, in, intimating that he's going to throw Cedric into the chairs, but then he throws him back into the ring and flips them off. You know, crowd's really eating this stuff up. He does this again when he's back in the ring, going to the top and then changing his mind and just gets back down and puts a headlock on Alexander in the middle of the ring. Um, so quite good here, Cole. I think uh, by Cole, uh, Tignere, you know, how he's, he knows the crowd want high spots and he's sort of like playing with that and, and going down and doing sort of like what, what they would consider a more boring move. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's very typical Adam Cole. Also, um, you were talking about like how like he made the transition from being like, you know, maybe, I don't know, less cocky to being the Adam Cole that we all came to know and all of that. I can't remember Adam Cole not being cocky so but then again i did start i did start watching wrestling kind of late but it's one of those things where like that was just such typical adam cole move like for him to like get us all hyped and we're all like oh he's about to you know and then he decides nope not today Oh yeah, like, definitely. I feel like he's he's sort of like yeah, like you say. I feel a lot of people will just know him as a sort of cocky character he is these days. But I, I seem to remember he did come into PWG teaming with Kyle O'Reilly, and they were just like you know mm. a sort of generic sort of team, and he really sort of like found his feet doing shows like PWG and Ring of Honor. Man, the, yeah. Cedric Alexander, like he's legit one of those guys that I would love to see outside of the WWE system. Just just seeing him back on the independence again, or maybe in an Impact. Or or him, him going back to Ring of Honor or you know yeah basically yeah just seeing him on the Independence again like I, I it's like it, he had like some like that, that stretch from like I want to say 2017 2018 205 Live that was probably outside of NXT WWE's best on screen in ring product like there was they they like those dudes on that show man they had, had hits. Like it, it was at least one one match at least once a week that you had to go out and see 
from 205 Live with Cedric and Leo Rush and Ali and uh, Buddy Matthews, the former Buddy Murphy, and, and Drew Gulag, who's so, so severely underrated. They got that man running around chasing the 24-7 title. Like, and it's just a, a great as a wrestler he is. But yeah, Cedric is definitely one of those people, man, that I would love to see outside of the WWE system. Like, I and, and every time I see him, I always think about um when he gave uh, Candice LeRae the lumbar check at the AIW show. Now, I'm pretty sure y'all seen that clip. Like, when she, like, yeah. she, she flew in the air <laughs> off the lumbar check. Hell of a sale by Candice LeRae. I, I'm surprised nobody has um, asked her or Cedric about that in, a, in, in an interview. Oh yeah, I definitely remember that clip going around, definitely. But he's, he's good in this match as well, obviously he fires back with the Eddie Guerrero triple suplex spots and a top rope lariat, but he goes to the top again only to eat a Cole super kick. Cole sort of slows the match down again, spits in Alexander's face and then they trade slaps. Uh, Cedric catches a Michinoku driver for two and then Cole spins him around for a figure four, which is reversed. As it always is. I mean, Chinieri, I know you've not been, you said you've not been watching wrestling that long, but have you ever seen a figure four be effective in a match? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think anyone's beating anybody with that move. Are they, uh, are they Andrew? Yeah. No, I don't really think so. Not, not, not that I can recall, but uh, yeah, but, but Adam Cole, um, like, yeah, he, he, I think he was supposed to go into the final battle show. Right. And he was supposed to challenge, uh, Jay Briscoe for the for, for the always title at that final battle show, but he he legit did have a uh, like I like I he said at the end of the match he had a post match speech and said he had to have surgery and you know he had a, well he had an arm injury and you know was going into surgery and stuff like that so he had to uh, take some time off. Yeah, because he he ends up winning the match with a super kick, a brain buster, and then a German suplex for good measure for the win. And obviously, like you said, there he does break character at the end, saying he. He loves the fans and has a shoulder injury and should have got surgery but wanted to do this match first and hopes he can come back to PWG. And like I know at the start, he was back for two more appearances before he did finally sign with uh, with WWE. Now, obviously, with AEW, of course, he, he seems to be a bit of a sort of like Marmite figure. Some fans love him, but some find him boring and more of a mid-card act. Where do you stand on, uh, on Adam Colton, Yeri? I love him. I love him. I think he's the <laughs> top of the card, always. <laughs> you can always bet on Adam, on Adam Cole to just produce something. Like, I feel like his in-ring work is also good, but his, like, mic skills, I feel like that's top tier. It's unmatched. Yeah, yeah no, I, I definitely uh, de- definitely would have to agree. I think um, Cole, like, it, 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 if we if we talking long-term, I would say up until this point, he might be AEW's probably most important signing, like as far as like mm-hmm. um not 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 as far as like uh of well let, let me let me rephrase that I would say out of the recent batch I would say for the long term Cole is probably the the recent batch of signings let's say even dating back to uh January this year let's put that timeline on there. Like I would say, he's probably for the long term. Probably Cole, that AEW's probably most important signing because Adam Cole's like thirty one, and he's already yeah. like been through the NXT slash WWE system. And I felt like they really polished him there. Like he was already talented and already could talk on the mic and stuff. But I feel like when he went through sort of the WWE NXT system, they just let him do his thing, and he got to be with uh, uh Roddy, Bobby, and uh and Cal. And they got the basically ran NXT for four years, and they were like sort of the marquee talents, and and were never anything lower than that. 
I felt like he really got polished in NXT. And then he left on like a high note. Like he didn't leave like in in a, in a bad way. Like he, you know, he left yeah. at the, essentially at the top of the card. And then now he's in AEW is taking that and at 30 early in his early 30s, you know, like he Adam Cole is gonna be there for a while. And like mm-hmm. he's no like they they say most wrestlers don't even really hit their prime until they're like 35, 36. And for him to be like that polished, uh, you know, at the age of 31, 32. And like that, I think that's I think he's definitely one of um AEW's probably more um important signings. But it, it was funny he said what, what he said, Martin. He was like, he was like Kevin Owens um over there uh kick, kick, kicking some 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 corporate ass or something like that. I was like, little little did you know, Adam Cole, you would be doing the same thing a couple of years later, my man. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I I agree with you there. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So like, you know, he's a sort of younger guy and you know there's certainly plenty of mileage left on the clock sort of thing yeah definitely agree hey, with what you're saying there i'm about to say martin, martin do you think uh owens is leaving when his uh contract is up because again it got reported by uh uh by the fight for select that um uh Kevin owens's contract supposedly expired um at the beginning of or at the end of next year um so like i mean no not the end of next year let me let me get that right at january 2022 his contract is supposed to expire do you think uh owens is, is leaving no oh, i don't know it's tricky it's like uh Chino was saying earlier about sort of like it used to be sort of like you, if you had a family you'd stick around in wwe because for that guaranteed money and everything but now they're firing people left right and center it's hard right. to see but i don't know i strangely think vince sort of likes him you know what i mean because he's like um you let him do the headbutt angle and stuff like that and they seem to have sort of like a weird um relationship where sort of like Vince he, it's not a Vince type guy but he, se- he seems to have a, you know a strange affiliation with with Ke- with Kevin Owens so yeah it'll be interesting to see if he does uh, stick around yeah it's definitely gonna be um so it's definitely gonna be an interesting time man I, I but, but honestly Martin like I ain't gonna lie to you but I think like just seeing some of these talents that sort of been hoarded in WWE sort of spread around not even just in AEW man but see them back on the independence like uh like just saying a variety of different people. I think it's good for wrestling, man. I don't think it's good for one company to just be like hoarding all these talents like that. I feel like it's, it's, it's I feel like wrestling is about to possibly could like there's a potential for it to hit another boom period if 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 we aren't we aren't already in one. Like I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's I feel like we sort of heading in the direction, man. Because there's been so many people that have been in the WWE system for so long, and like now there's another option if they want to work national television to do that. Um, with AEW as far as like a, um, a legit contender and then you know of course you had other places like Impact who does well and, and, and Ring of Honor is doing their thing and the independence is sort of picking back up uh, coming out of the pandemic yeah well, definitely yeah, it seems like it's pandemic, a... my bad but you know yeah I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know I know some people it's easy to forget it because obviously a lot of people are acting like we're not but I get what you're saying <laughs> um um, yeah, but I think it's a really good time to be a wrestler, isn't it? Because, you know, you can play two sides off each other and then there's tons of sort of like indies to go to and things like that. So, yeah, I think you're in a good position if you're a wrestler and you want to make a bit of money. But um, back to this show and match number three, we had uh, Andrew's mate, Chris Hero, <laughs> taking on uh, taking on Trevor Lee. And Hero was the man in this time period from 2014 yeah. to around 2016. I mean... On top of his uh, PWG stuff, he was touring the whole world, appearing everywhere, having killer matches that I saw in Red Pro against Ishii and Shibata. If you've never seen the match he had with Shibata in Red Pro, definitely go out your way to uh, to watch that one. But uh, Shinyeri, have you had a chance to see uh, so many uh, Chris Hero matches? Because obviously he's not that uh, prolific in the ring anymore. 
I haven't gotten to see that many of his matches, but I know that like he's one of the most respected wrestlers, like that like I've I've ever actually heard of, I think. So there needs to be some sort of backing to that, right? So yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's sort of weird that he's not sort of like um he's done a bit of stuff with ROH since he uh left WWE again. But it's weird that sort of like he's not been really attached to a promotion or stuff. Cause like you say, he's obviously well respected and he seems like he'd be a, a perfect agent somewhere. Yeah, he he has been. Um he, he was agent at the uh Dead Before Dishonor show, uh Ring of Honor again, and he did it at the uh the best in the world uh event as well. Like it's I, I I am kind of like interested to like sort of more, more so just know like what the next move is like I think a lot of people you know point automatic like when when immediately when you hear these things I think the first place that people point to is, is AEW but I, I can definitely see some along the lines of uh Chris Hero working with Ring of Honor probably doing the match for them or something like I can definitely see um him versus Gresham at some point for the always world title. I, I definitely think that that probably be something down the line because Gresham had um, lost the pure title and they, it seemed like they're sort of about to move him into the world title scene. So I can definitely see that being something that Chris Hero will come back for. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. like he, he um, you know, we, we, he was in uh, doing this stuff in, in NXT and WWE. It was just like, you know, add, but like, of course I think his more prolific and standout moments happened uh, when he was on the independent scene and he was just like Martin said touring the world and doing the shows in Rare Pro and he was yeah, Chris, Chris Hero is de- definitely one of those um one of those guys that a lot of people are excited to uh to, to see get back in the ring but not 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 the not not, not to slight the other gentleman in the ring as well uh Trevor mm-hmm. Lee uh, also known as uh Cameron Grimes who who is uh sort of found his uh found his gimmick on Chinyure on on NXT Mr. Money Cameron Grimes uh-huh he's cool i like him i think i like his character like like his in-ring work is not really something that i look at and i'm like this is spectacular but like you know i, I think i just like his character right now sometimes i mean we talked about hero touring the world and things like that and something that we i was remiss that i didn't uh, talk about at the start obviously with you based in south africa what's the uh, wrestling scene actually like over there then oh no um we basically have the same access as you guys to a lot of the, the promotions there. But like here in South Africa, I think we have like, we had like three promotions of our own, but then I don't know what happened to the other two. And then one of them is running like a weekly show, but like it doesn't get that much traction. So it's like awkward. Oh, I, I'm really sad. I'm really sad about the wrestling scene here in South Africa, honestly. But uh, yeah, we, we basically just view the same amount of wrestling as you guys, but like, it's not really that popular a sport, I guess. Right. I, I, so I, sort I think... of like an independent show, sort of like, what is it all sort of like local talent and things like that? They won't get any imports in and stuff. Um, yeah. With like the indie shows, like, okay, we don't have that many indie shows here. So there's that. And yeah, like we, we, we do see them, but it's more like, for example, I know that I'm a wrestling fan and I know I'm on cage match like every day to <laughs> see what's going on. So then that's how I know. But it's not like it's something that's popular in South Africa, like it's not a popular thing. <laughs> Does it, I think PJ Black has a uh, promotion in South uh-huh. Africa. I, I think he does. Cause I, I, he's from Cape Town, I believe. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's from yes, Cape he Town. Is. 
and he uh I, I think I remember I, when I interviewed him um in 2020 he was telling me about like he has a promotion that he runs or he co-runs and they 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 run like sporadically like even then like pre-pandemic they it wasn't like a um yeah a super consistent thing but they ran like you know every now and then and stuff like that and he would you know talk about trying to bring some of the uh more popular names from from the U.S. and, and abroad to bring to to South Africa so they can you know put 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 on a bring a nice crowd and stuff like that mm-hmm yeah, and, and the pandemic kind of just took a hit on the sports industry altogether in this country. So it's very sad, honestly. But I think I know the promotion you're talk, talking about. I think you're talking about Slam Force Africa. Yep, Slam Force Africa. Yeah, that's what it is. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that's some stuff about it. It's really sad. Oh, good stuff or bad stuff? <laughs> well, bad isn't like to them. Like in terms of like the pandemic, just basically okay. them off. That's it. I think um I was trying to think of like some other wrestlers that were from uh that were from South Africa. I think uh what, what's 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 the, uh I think Angelico is from that that's in AEW right yes, now. Yes, Angelico is from here. Angelico's from Johannesburg right here. Um okay. the bunny, Adam Rose. Yeah, Adam Rose, yep. I remember yeah, him. Adam Rose. He's from South <laughs> Africa too. <laughs> awesome. Um anyway, so like um it was really interesting. So you say um obviously the pandemic has affected the independent scene around the world but it's interesting to see yes. you know you had these promotions where you're based they were hanging on by a thread anyway and obviously that seems to have uh it's not it's not been the best for especially for independent wrestling everywhere has it so um but anyway back on that's on onto this match chris hero against trevor lee and um, this is your typical david goliath match heroes dominating most of the match with huge boots knees and chops lee fires up with some offense going for stuff like a five-star frog splash but hero catches him by the neck and just throws him like an absolute rag doll and lee does manage to get enough offense in to take hero down but tries attempting a german to not a great deal of success but he does eventually hit a german on hero but is answered with a huge spinning elbow where but surprisingly lee fights back enough to eventually roll hero up for the surprise victory and a decent match here, really showcasing sort of like Hero's brutal offense, but really made Lee as the uh, as the guy who just won't give up as the sort of like plucky underdog babyface, Kinyari. Yeah, I really like these David and Goliath like type of stories where like, you know, one of those people you, you see like you, as they walk in, you're like, OK, <laughs> there's a clear size difference. Um, but, you know, there's one of them who just won't back down. So I really like those type of matches. And I feel like he displayed a lot of heart. And I feel like he's actually doing that too right now. Like, well, he was doing that just now with uh, LA Knight and all of that in NXT. So I think he did well in that, like Trevor Lee, that is. Mm. Yeah, no, this was this was a really a really solid match. Like, did like, there were a lot of good strikes in this match that I like. Like, Chris Hero is like definitely one of those people that brings like sort of that um. Like it, all, all, all of his, all of if not most of his strikes look good, and I, I really did like some of the the penalty kicks that uh, I keep I keep calling them. Cam, I'm gonna just call them Cameron Grimes, but uh, like the the, the the penalty kicks that he gave Hero um to the outside, he gave him like five in a row. All of them look so nasty, but like you you can clearly see like that's one of the like very cool things, man. Just that the art of professional wrestling, like just seeing um like how things look so bad, but it, it, you could tell it's not really. It's not doing anything to him at all. It, 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 it was just one of those cool things that I noticed. Like, but they they look brutal when he was when he was doing it to him. And like that rolling elbow that hero does. Like I remember I've 
like I, I, I was, I saw some of like a couple, um, a couple like independent shows that he did when he would very often do that, and that, that's like probably one of my uh favorite favorite strikes. And especially like looking at it in this match, like seeing the sizes between the two, and like the way Grimes was selling like every big move that Hero did, and then like the, it, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's just me, but like I, I really like when um. Like I, I mean, I, I know a lot of people really aren't that big, or they, they're not as they, they, they don't like the obsessive um, leg slapping. But like when when you can mm. do it seamlessly, my like, wife hates whenever my wife watches any wrestling with me. She's like rolling her eyes at the, <laughs> the like fucking what's going on. <laughs> yeah, man. But I, I mean, that's what I say. I, I know some people really don't like it, but like sometimes, it, I mean it. There are there are moments when I'm like, all right, like you know, every time you hit to like you punch somebody in the face in real life, and it's not gonna you're not gonna hear a slap. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten. But I mean, like I, I think just in you know when you have these some of these moments, like you know, it, it, they they just enhance everything. But there are times like when it's definitely like, all right, man, like, like come on now, like every time you hit somebody, it's not gonna sound like that. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think the first indie show we both went to, and um, I think Pete Dunn was on it, and all the time she was like, "Why does he keep slapping his face?" It's really annoying me. Yeah, but, uh... <laughs> I say th- th- anyway. this was um th- this was Grimes' first year at PWG too, wasn't it? Yeah, because twenty fourteen. Yeah, he's been around for so long. It's it, you know, it feels like he's been around for a lot longer than he actually has. But yeah, obviously, you know, in NXT now, and I always enjoyed him on the Indies, and and certainly he's running TNA. You know, he used to use that a lot when he'd, he'd come over to the UK and be like, you know, because he knew the fans were like anti TNA, so he'd use that sort of like as a as a heel move and stuff. So yeah, I always always enjoyed watching him in uh, PWG. But um. On to match number four, and it's uh, the world's cutest tag team against Chris Daniels and uh, Frankie Kazarian. And like we talked about last month, Andrew, I think obviously with Velveteen Dream, it is quite tricky going back and reviewing some of these shows yeah. because obviously inevitably they'll have some awful people on them. Obviously, case in point here, Joey Ryan teaming with the Candice LeRae. I mean, it's an okay match. I kind of feel like the world's cutest team had a formula to their matches, um, you know, with Candice getting worked over only for Ryan to come and make the save and obviously the lollipop spots, etc. Um, but I don't know about you, Chin Jerry, but I always find it quite tricky to watch these now, obviously, with everything that happened last summer and speaking out and stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. It's it's very cringy to to watch his matches. And to think that, like, back in the day, I actually used to like them. Like, I used to be like, oh, you know? But now mm. it's like, no. Oh. Not true. <laughs> Not- <laughs> oh, I know you're feeling exactly the same as well, Andrew. Yeah, well, 100%, man. It is definitely um weird to go back and see some of these matches um involving people that were named and speaking out or were, you know, outed for um, be- being put out there as who they uh, they really are. And, you know, it, it is always uh, very tricky. Like, even uh, when we were... um thinking about doing the uh wrestle circuit show like we, we look at some of the cars and it's like ugh, like you, you know i mean yeah it, it, it is always very very difficult to go back and um look back at some of these shows and like it, it just kind of throws the whole match off and sort of takes the sort of um the the, the nostalgia if you will uh mm-hmm. out of going back and looking at some of these old shows like um like i i, I even um recently when i had spoke to uh to roxy um, you know, she she named uh, Joey Ryan and speaking out, and she you know she's done interviews about it prior. But like, you know, just hearing like hearing like her interactions with him, and you know, some of the 
off things that he off comments and stuff that he uh said to her and advances he made and stuff like that it was like it it, it is really like it, it, it it's like like Sherry said it's just like one of those things like as soon as you see say an individual it's like an immediate like just ah like let's just let, let, let's just go ahead and get through this one like let's, yeah. let's let's make this uh let's make this swift yeah definitely and uh moving on to match number five we had a four-way you were Uha nation <laughs> tomaso champa brain cage and biff music and uh Uha obviously now Apollo Crews in WWE and before we get into the match he's another one like AR Fox that was coming over to the UK tons during uh, this time period uh, quite synonymous with, uh, with Preston City Wrestling here in the UK you see loads of pictures when the, the promoter Stephen Fluttery book Uha and the other UK wrestlers mm-hmm. on shows and then he fly them out to Magaluf for a lad's holiday after so you also see those uh, photos uh, floating around but um just before we get into the match, I mean, Uha, he's still obviously got spectacular offense, but seeing him sort of like in this indie setting, seeing him being reminded, you know, you know how explosive he used to be. And it just seemed, for me personally, I think it's quite a shame to see like, you know, what he's sort of like doing treading water in WWE now. I don't know if you feel the same way, uh, Chinieri. Uh, I definitely feel the same way. I feel like... You know how like they, we always speak about like how WWE sometimes like kind of like um, waters down talent and like people's creativity and all of that and just the way that they are. I feel like this is one of those like this is like one of the perfect cases where you actually see that where like he's just been that person who, who was able to gain traction for himself a lot and he had an amazing offense and all of that. But now he's kind of, um, you know, given this character that he's kind of he's kind of like a chilled like way too chilled person so yeah and nah, i definitely agree with you there yeah with uh with, with, with apollo cruz man it's like you, even, even when you see what uh, even if you see what he's doing um now in ring like you can clearly tell that he can still go but just within that wwe system and you know mm. how they go about certain things on tv as far as in ring time people don't really get a chance to show that unless you on a pay-per-view or you know you got a uh like you know, at least ten or fifteen minutes of time. Um, like you, like it, it, even with the um, what, when he first started doing the, the the Nigerian character, like I remember when when they first when he first debuted on TV and they were in the Thunderdome. Uh, <laughs> one, one, one thing that threw a lot of people off was like as soon as soon as he spoke, they 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 piped in booze. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, so he's telling me he's a heel now. Like, you know what I'm saying? It, it was just one of those like weird weird things but like he like like martin said he's you like you could just tell from this uh this match this four-way match like he he is like very very greatly talented man like he's definitely one of the best uh one of the best talents that really hasn't had the chance to break out and i even think in wwe he was just a product of a, a way 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 too early nxt call up like he just kind of got thrust out there and like they just told him hey man go out there and smile like you know like like it's mm. um it, it just did not work at all like I feel like he just got off to a real rough start and now they're sort of trying to find something for him and, and which which they're doing with this uh the, the, the Nigerian character Nigerian royalty character um so yeah it, it's I mean it, it I mean they 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 sort of did give him a you know in a kind of the title run and you know he had the mania match and stuff like that but you know I, I just feel like he was just a, a just a bad product man of a way too early call up and you know just one of those guys that um, but what was very, very um, heralded 
it, by, by, by some on the independent scene as being one of the best talents out there. And then, you know, he took a shot at WWE. And, you know, when you go there, man, it's a crapshoot. You either make it or you don't. Can you see Keith Lee going down the same route here? Oh. You, you talking about leaving? No, I mean, oh, you're talking about they're, like, they're um, just going to completely waste him. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. What do you think, Shane? You're right. I, I, I don't know. I'll, I, I'm trying to reserve my thoughts on that because I'm trying, I'm trying to have a more positive outlook, I guess, on like wrestling and all of that. But mm. sometimes, like, it's like they try to do such. I'm like, no, he's like perfect the way that he is. Just, just put him out there. He's natural. Like, just yeah. They, 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 they gave him a, um, a nickname before Raw. He's now Bearcat Keith Lee. Mm. And um, like the, the thing is, man, about like even when like. They, they they try to throw the sling the singlet on them. I'm like, dude, like just like bro, this is not like don't nobody care. Like don't nobody care, bro. Like we we like come on now. Like we Keith Lee. The reason Keith Lee is so popular is because of just who he is. But like yes. I, I I I cut I like and I I I gotta cut them some slack on Keith Lee just because of his health situation and mm. how they acknowledge how they got control of that because that could have went real left as he because he put out the video martin i don't know if you had a chance to see it um mm. but he put he put out a video and was just like you know like it it, it could have been fatal like he wwe caught like a blood issue and you know, they pulled him immediately and was told him was like hey you know you gotta sit down and you know get this situated and they you know they took care of all his medical stuff and um me, me and you made sure to take care of him as well but like i i the only reason i i give them some sort of leeway in 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 recent uh, recent conversations is because um you know how they managed that whole health situation because mm. that could have went very very left and it could have been very unfortunate as he stated like it could have been fatal had things not um been caught at the time that they did so I, I think now it's just at a point where they're trying to um sort of insert him back into the fold in a way that in, in in Vince McMahon's mind is meaningful, like what he thinks is going to work for Keith Lee. But like, I think we all can agree that the very simple thing is just let him go out there and wrestle to keep in, you know, I, I think the, the yeah. rest of uh, would, would do it, would do itself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's definitely got the correct, you know, he's definitely charismatic enough, you know, just to pull it off being himself. But um, as far as with this match, you know, they're always hard to keep up with, especially when you're trying to make notes for them because there's so much going on, tons and tons, of, like a huge cluster of big moves. I mean, they start battering each other, you know, um, you know, big splash from Uha to clear house early on. Cage catches Biff on a dive and power bombs him. You know, Cage hits the 818 on Champer and Uha. See Uha with a, you know, with some amazing drop kicks. Champer hits a Death Valley driver on the apron, and we're not even like one minute into the match. <laughs> you know, standing moonsault off uh, of Uha, huge splash on Biff. Cage hits a, a wheelbarrow German on Uha, you know, all on the outside. Biff Busick hits a huge dive on everybody. Just loads and loads going on in this match. Um, I know a lot of people talk about psychology and stuff, but I absolutely love this one, Chinyari. I just feel like, you know, it's, there's no storyline going in there. It's just um, all these dudes <laughs> just going out and just getting all this stuff in, I feel. Definitely, definitely. And I think one of the things that I like about, like, these type of matches where, like, like a fatal four-way is how the crowd can then get involved, like we saw in this match, right? 
um, especially like with the PWG crowd, because oh my god, that crowd makes those shows. So it's just things where I I really enjoy like just seeing them just go out there. Like there's no storyline, there's no background to it. We're just fighting. I just want to prove myself. So yeah. I I, I completely forgot about the um, the the people use people use to tease Brian Cage about to get your shit in. <laughs> and and I, and I think I think he I think that was his Twitter name for a while too because like that like people used to tease him about that like you always have these like moments with like he like it just he 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 was very adamant about you know he he was gonna make sure that he was seen so you know that's typical uh Brian Cage right there but Martin I was gonna actually ask you, you know I mentioned Brian Cage like what what did you kind of think about um Melissa Santos uh Brian Cage's significant other and uh you know rig announcer and uh you know broadcast journalist and wrestling you know she was uh very vocal on Twitter. Like she thought that AEW was underutilizing Brian Cage and, you know, he didn't disagree. Um, mm-hmm. do, you, do, do you sort of think that AEW is mishandling Cage or you just think Cage is not just, I, I've seen a lot of people call it straight. They just don't think he's that appealing on TV. And he's not that charismatic. And a lot of people, well, I don't, let me not say a lot of people, I'm gonna say myself. I think Powerhouse Hobbs just outshined him. Like with the whole yes. team task thing. I just think that's all that was. And he's just, a product of a roster that is extremely talented and it's either you gotta separate yourself or you gonna you know wallow and you know you're gonna fall yeah i agree with that yeah because it's you know obviously he looks big in pwg doesn't he that's yeah. pwg he doesn't look that big when he's on the AEW, you know in the big stadiums and stuff and obviously he's got some spectacular offense but he just can't seem to get to that next level you know he's not you know he's once you've seen sort of like the muscly guy do all these flips and stuff like that, it kind of like wears off after a bit, doesn't it? And like you say, he's not got that sort of like charisma and promo ability to be able to uh, back it up. So I kind of feel like he went into the same position when he was in Impact as well. That sort of like, you know, he, he showed some promise and then sort of like was, mm, you know, he didn't seem to kick it up a gear. But, you know, if, if he's going to complain about it, you know, it's, it's just so funny. It's like there is so much talent there and you can't always be sort of like in a prominent position and stuff. So, you know, I, I'd just be happy that, you know, you've got your foot in the door in sort of like the hottest promotion in the world at the mm-hmm. minute. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and another guy, man, who I feel like a lot of people sort of like let slide under the radar is Biff um, Oni Lorcan, as, as people know him by from uh, WWE. Like he, he, he sort of like became like that that person in wwe for a long time in nxt that was just like oh yeah you, you got a new a, a new fresh signing coming in like a drew mcintyre or a, or a kenta or you know any anybody of, of that sort they would just immediately throw um biff like right at him and he would give them like the best um like like five minute eight minute sprint and like he he's like a really good wrestler man and i i, I feel mm-hmm. like he's sort of been uh, and what, 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 let me not say this because I mean everybody that get into wrestling is not going to be like this big massive you know star like that's some, some people are just coming to wrestling and that's exactly what they are and I, I feel like he I, I feel like he in this environment like especially when he was on the independence I think he did some stuff with uh I, I really hope I'm not confusing him with um with uh uh, uh Martin Stone uh Danny Birch but I, I think he was doing some stuff and beyond I think um as well or oh, that that might have been uh Martin Stone but like either way like I think um. Only Lorcan is like one of those guys. Like he's just really good in 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 any of these like car crash type matches or like high speed matches where it's just like nonstop and there's no moments to take a breath. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, he's a standout here. 
you know, he, he looks great taking all the big moves and completely selling his arse off for everybody. Yeah, he's not really <laughs> stand out from this month. He doesn't get the flashy offense in like the rest of them, but, you know, he's the one you remember because he's the one who's taking all these uh, big moves and stuff. And even, you know, uh, to end it, Cage, it's in with a huge lariat for the win and sort of like obviously the crowd are going absolutely crazy. And, yeah, and I thought he was uh, he was the main standout from this match for sure because, um, you know, because of his great selling and, and taking all these massive moves. Yeah, definitely. It would have been interesting to see it backstage, you know, they're just like going to him going, oh, I'm just going to hit you with this and then someone else comes over. Yeah, I'll just hit you with this. <laughs> it's like, oh, when, do I get anything <laughs> in this match? Well, yeah, that's definitely how it felt at points. But, um yeah, definitely, like you say, not everyone can be the main eventer. You've got to have sort of like your enhancement guys and your, your tune-up talent and stuff like that, and he definitely fits that mold perfectly because he can sort of go in there and have a match with anybody. But um, on to match number six, and we've got uh, the Young Bucks against Chris Saban and Matt Seidel. Um, this is sort of like pre-marijuana issues in Japan for Seidel, and obviously Bucks are absolute legends in PWG always. Always love saving in uh, the moment machine gun. Such a shame that you had uh, so many knee issues. But um, yeah, interesting because obviously you'd expect a young bucks match to start off sort of like hot and heavy, but you know it's quite slow compared to some of the other matches uh, we've seen on this card. But um, <laughs> obviously it kicks up a gear at the end, and you know we get the usual sort of like young bucks offense, and and yeah, really interesting match before we go into the sort of like two big main events, uh, Chinyeri. Uh yeah, like I feel like it was just. Very, um, it, like, I agree with you in terms of that. It was a bit slow paced for them, but uh, it was actually kind of unique because, like, I was actually also just expecting them to just come out guns of blazing, you know. But uh, like, okay, this is something different from the Young Bucks, so made me focus a bit more. I think. I say, uh, I was gonna ask both of you guys this: like, like when you look at the overall career of the young but of course, of course I, I did think that uh, first of all like this, this match i did think it was um you know so, sort of different from the typical young bucks matches that we see like and, and of course like when they when they would do some of their uh independent shows like they would always like you know from time to time they would do like the jokey joke stuff to start around just to mess with the crowd get the crowd anthem but then they end up turning it up and then you know it end up being a good yeah. or a great match um but like when, when you look sort of look at the careers of the young bucks and how much influence they have had in professional wrestling like you know whether people will want to acknowledge that or not like do, do would you guys say that they are they, they they should be in the conversation as far as one of the greatest tag teams of all time or or maybe you can even just limit that to um possibly the greatest tag team of like this uh let, let, let's say from the 2000 from from the year 2000 on forward like would, would you sort of rank the young bucks within that top five or, or maybe even number one as far as some of the best uh, or one of the best tag teams out there? Um, on my end, I think I think they, they are in that conversation, definitely. I'm not sure about them being number one, right? But I think top five, definitely. But I can't think yeah. of who would be number one also. <laughs> you can't think of who would have a number one? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it's always tricky, isn't it? Especially when you're trying to put a list together like that, but... I definitely feel like they're in the conversation, Andrew, because obviously they, they always used to get uh, slagged off for being spotty and, you know, yeah. it's just all messing mm. around and stuff like that. But then you look at the work, you know, the matches speak for themselves in AEW. They've had, you know, all those, you know, that most recent one with uh, the Lucha Brothers, you know, that was an absolute banger of a match, wasn't it? And then Man, oh obviously goodness, the Kenny and uh, Adam oh. Page one. 
as well. You know, they're, yeah. they're two of the best matches that have taken part in AEW. And, you know, I think the matches speak for themselves. You know, they're not everyone's cup of tea, but as far as, like, you know, longevity and sort of, like, going around the world and certainly, you know, if you're talking about drawing ability, they're definitely up there. Yeah, 100%. Like, even, like, looking, thinking about um some of the matches uh, that the Bucks have had, um, just over the years, some probably some of my personal favorites. Like I think it was the match they had against the uh, the Briscoes. I want to say it was uh, Best in the World 2018. I want I, I want to say I hope I got that right. And then they had an um they had another match, man, against I I, I know you guys probably remember this the one that they had at Strong Style Evolved with against Omega and Ibushi. That was oh yes, that was insane. And then of course like the one uh Martin just mentioned the one that they had all out. That was a a, a great steel cage match. I, I definitely think, I mean, you, you're like, you, you know, when you talk about lists and stuff like that, it's always subjective. Like you can put anybody up there uh, as far as number one, not anybody, but you can, you can sort of rotate and have different arguments for different people. But yeah, I, I definitely think the young bucks are in that conversation where we're talking about uh, some of the uh, greatest tag teams uh, to ever do it. Like sort of going back to the match. I, I, I was actually wondering, cause I mean, I, Alex Shelley, of course he, Conspicuous by his absence. Um, like you, you might you mentioned Martin, he had like knee issues or something like that. That's why he wasn't on the show. And actually, it's funny because he's going to be uh, making his return to PWG. I think in a couple of days he's going to be facing uh, John Gresham, I believe, at the uh, three three Mendes three Mendes show. So uh, that's that's going to be cool to see. I think it's going to be his first time in like ten years that mm-hmm. he's going to be at a PWG show. Yeah, definitely. He seems to be doing the rounds again, doesn't he? I think he was sort of like just doing New Japan with the the tag team with Kashida around this time period oh, yeah. and he wasn't he, I think he was uh, and then he went off to study and stuff so he wasn't that like, interested in uh, taking independent bookings but um, I mean there's some spectacular stuff to end this match I mean Seidel misses a shooting star and lands on his feet only to be met with like a Nick super kick you know the Bucks package pile driver super kick Seidel for two then Seidel has the knees up for more bang for your buck uh, Seidel it's a shooting star into a saber neck breaker for the one two three I mean that was a spectacular way to uh and the and the match but um Seidel and Saban worked well as a team together and you can see by them getting the victory over the Bucks they were maybe hoping they could have more matches together and, and put them as a sort of more permanent team but it obviously wasn't to be but um the main reason I did want to watch this show was the uh, the double main event we got here. Um, Kyle O'Reilly, PWG champion, going up against, firstly, Ricochet. And what a double main event we had here. Uh, interesting to start. Uh, we have a pathetic streamer attempt for both wrestlers as the fans uh, <laughs> sort of like launch some streamers in there. It's hilarious. Western audiences still can't quite get the... Uh, throwing the streamers in, especially compared to when you go to a Japanese show and it just looks spectacular. Um, Ricochet coming into this match, having won Battle of Los Angeles 2014 and um, just watching Ricochet here, just the exchanges between him and Kyle (laughs) O'Reilly, just smooth as silk, absolutely fantastic. And just seeing seeing him do what he does best here is, uh, is brilliant. I just, just such great memories of sort of ricochet around this time period and, and just seeing how brilliant he was but um yeah definitely um definitely one of the smoothest guys to uh, appear on the indies around this time period yeah for sure and uh chen your age so what do you think about sort of ricochet's um run on raw and smackdown like of course of course he had a successful a successful one in nxt like uh even last month i believe me and martin had covered the takeover New Orleans show where he made his debut and you know we talked about some of the the fallout of his NXT run and how he you know he did he did have a solid run there then 
you know, mm-hmm. th- things went downhill <laughs> once he got called up. But sort of what, what do you think about sort of Ricochet's run? Like, I think obviously we all know how good he is, but it just seems like the only people that don't really uh, not, 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 not that they aren't aware. I'm, I'm pretty sure they are sure how talented he is, but they just don't really know how to utilize him. Sort of what are, what are your thoughts about Ricochet's run? And do you think there's more that they could be doing with him right now in WWE? Well, there's definitely more that they could be doing with him. But, uh, like, how do I put it? Okay, so, like, you see how early on I was, I was speaking about, like, um, how the main roster sometimes waters down talent and all of that. I feel like there's also a bit of a disconnect between, like, main roster and NXT. Uh, well, at least NXT from back then. Because it, it's one of those things where you'd see a talent, you know, like, come from the indies, go into NXT. You're like, oh, okay, they, they're retaining some sort of, like, um, they're retaining some of their, basically, their, their essence, you know? Mm. But then they move to the roster, and all of a sudden, it just feels very awkward. It's like, okay, no. Um, but, like, Ricochet has, like, moments where we, like, this is what we're talking about. But, like, it seems like nothing ever fully, like, materializes, you know? And nothing ever fully happens for us to actually be like, okay, this is, the, this is him becoming the Ricochet that we all know. So it's very I feel like they, they could be doing a lot more with him. What one hundred percent? Like and I was gonna uh, like they they, they like uh, Cedric Alexander who's on this uh, PWG show like they they've been having like some matches like a string of matches on main event and like no no like you, I, they, they are like a select few people who like go watch it like they'll see like some clips and stuff but like they they've had like some really good matches on on, on those main event shows like and it's it's like you you would think. At some point, somebody was like, somebody has to think like, let's get this one TV. But it's just like, oh no, you send, send you back the main event. So that did, so like um like when Mar- as Martin was saying, like it's it, it was cool. It's really cool to see Ricochet, um sort of like in in this PWG match against Kyle Rowdy, like sort of being able to just do his thing, man. You know what I'm saying? It was cool to sort of see him. Um, like he started off with Kyle Rowdy on the mat, like he sort of you know. Got got with Kyle O'Reilly as far as uh, O'Reilly style that technical uh, style of wrestling, and then you know Ricochet sort of started doing his own thing and you know incorporating his athleticism. So this this was like a really uh, fun watch, man. It was enjoyable when they had me um, the whole way through. Yeah, definitely. And um, just I, I do like how they got across the sort of like they were both sort of like really wearing each other down, especially when with Kyle's uh, next match, which is obviously a big surprise coming in for the audience. Um, Really fantastic uh, end to the match. Uh, Ricochet goes for a shooting star, but Kyle catches him into a Kimura, and then Ricochet deadlifts Kyle into a powerbomb, but Kyle's back with a triangle sleeper, and then obviously Ricochet finally fades and, and taps uh, for the win. Absolutely fantastic match. But like I said, they're not over. Out comes Roderick Strong. Fully hated in PWG. Plenty of uh, shitty little boots chants going on. And, uh, <laughs> Challenges him to um, a guerrilla warfare match, obviously a big gimmick for PWG, basically a hardcore match, uh, usually right. blew off um, feuds in there. And just when the crowd s- starts going and these two going hell for leather and the crowd is going absolutely insane, I was like, you know, jumping off my chair watching this one, you know, <laughs> especially O'Reilly coming off that, you know, long match with uh, Ricochet and j- then just these two just going all out. I mean, so much stuff going on in this one, like there is in most PWG matches, rolling all over the all over the crowd, weapons and bins coming out, o- O'Reilly being thrown into two chairs and being set up on the ropes and tables coming out and just, um, yeah, just 
all-out carnage in this one. Um, what were your thoughts on uh, these two matches as a whole, uh, Tinieri? I mean, obviously, Kyle O'Reilly really put a shift in uh, for this card. Yeah. Uh, okay, so basically, I'm just, like, I was really a fan of, like, him having this mentality of, you know, like, I'm a fighting champion and all of that. So I was like, yeah, let's go again, you know, because he just put on an amazing match just now against Ricochet, and I'm sure you can do it against Roderick Strong, too. So let's go, you know. Um, obviously, that match against Roderick Strong was brutal. You know, guerrilla warfare matches are brutal. And honestly, I feel like Maybe the crowd also wasn't ready for that because I wasn't ready for, for that brutality. You know, like usually like you get a you get a show card and you're like, okay, there's gonna be a guerrilla warfare match or whatever. Then you mm -hmm. prepare yourself for that, for that brutality. But here I was like, oh, okay. Like it just sprung up on me. So it was really, it was really fun, honestly, to just get that, you know, like little surprise there at the end. Yeah, say yeah. uh 100% man. P P PWG Roddy warms my heart, man. I swear. <laughs> P PWG Roddy warms my like this, so I like I I'm not trying to compare like what he's doing right now because I mean he is a heel right now, like we in terms of like referring to his stuff that he's doing and um the diamond mind stuff and in and, and NXT and stuff, but like this Roddy strong man, like this is like uncuffed like i'm gonna just do what mm. i want like you could even with the post-match promo that he did and like he just like the, the thing that makes roger strong so appealing as a wrestler man is like he is so aggressive like and he wrestles in a, a very aggressive manner and he like you you can sort of see those moments like in his matches like not not, not so much more now but like when you go back and look some look at some of his old stuff you look at some of his ring of honor stuff like i even think there was a point in, in ring of honor i want to say like I, I can't remember the exact year but it, it had to be like between 2017 and like it, it, it no it had to be either between 20 2016 or and and like probably like several years before that like where Roger Strong was probably like legit one of the best wrestlers like in the world and like it wasn't even a question like and not just Ring of Honor but like when he was doing his independent stuff as well but like man like he like you even had those moments like in the match man where he does not give his opponent like any time to breathe and i'm talking about like as far as like he gave him a big a big move he scoops him right back up and like give him like another one and like that's mm -hmm. like one of my favorite things about roderick strong man he's like in a very just high energy high work rate like he's he's legitimately like he's just a great professional wrestler like they like and, and, and like there have been like those comments like people be like oh but you know he can't talk on the mic like he literally gave like a oh, decent, God. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, these are post-match promo like and he was just talking his shit on the mic and it was he's just un like just uncuffed man and like it like that um that that in the heartache that's legitimately one of my favorite wrestling moves because that shit look like it hurts like I, I i i wouldn't take that like that legit look like it hurts so yeah man i'm over, I'm over here singing uh roderick strong praises but like, he he legitimately is man just one of my favorite wrestlers out there because like he's just like high energy like he gets in there, like he he's just on twenty four seven. Like I, he had the um, like as we recording this, he had the match against uh Kushida, uh for the for the cruiserweight title on, on NXT, and like you know it was, it was like a more sort of like a WWE style match, but like it was still, like I said, high energy, high work rate, Roderick Strong against uh you know Kushida and stuff like that. So yeah, man, it it, it was it was really cool seeing sort of Roddy and, and Cal and Ricochet all in there. Um they're like just their true elements, man. And like they were just mm -hmm. like and I, I feel like everything within this whole thing just worked. And, and I thoroughly enjoyed the uh the the shitty little boot 
and then shitty little foot <laughs> chance. And then uh, uh one, one one more thing, like it, it was funny when the crowd uh when they said when they, they gave Kyle O'Reilly the 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 little oh O'Reilly auto parts chance. I don't know why that that was so corny, but it, <laughs> it, it made me laugh, bro. Because I see that commercial a lot. But yeah, man, it was Roderick Strong is the man. I I I I can't wait to see like and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to encourage every wrestler to be like, oh, yeah, man, if you feel like it's not, you know, whatever, whatever, lead WWE and go to this place. But like, can you imagine, like, Roderick Strong being, like, possibly, like, I, I could definitely see Roderick Strong as, like, an Impact World Champion, like, without mm-hmm. question. Like, him mixing it up with a Buddy Murphy or Josh Alexander or Ace Austin or, you know, a Trey Miguel or Chris Bay. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, those, like, just those crop of wrestlers that I just named and then you throw a Roddy Strong in there man like he would fit perfectly in Impact Wrestling and like it's just you know that, that, that that's just me man I I, I just I, I think very highly of Roddy Strong's in ring work and I think this match uh at, at, at the Black Hole Sun Show just further like stamped that in for me yeah I definitely remember it was so charismatic there was um, a Red Pro show here in England and it was supposed to be Nakamura against Ricochet. I think it might have been 2015, and Ricochet had to pull out for whatever reason, and Roderick Strong was a replacement. And that match didn't get going for about 10 minutes because literally everyone was chanting at Roddy about his boots and things like that, <laughs> and it was absolutely hilarious. And Nakamura was just absolutely lapping it up. It was a... Uh, it was brilliant, but yeah, lots of lots of stuff going on in this one. Uh, we even see the top rope getting removed, and... Uh, and Roddy's trying to choke out Kyle with that one. Then there's a, a metal chain with um with Kyle trying to choke out, returning the favor and trying to choke out um Roddy with that one. And um, the end comes, we get a bit of a ref bump, but uh, the ref back up and uh, Roddy hits three knee strikes to the face, two end of heartaches, one on the chair, and then locks in the stronghold for the win. Um, proper grungy match, especially after the sort of like crips, crispness of the uh, ricochet match. Um, so this was quite the opposite to that one. But um, just Kyle O'Reilly, I do not feel like he gets a, enough praise from people. I feel the two fast, fantastic matches he had here, he was always great in New Japan, those um, matches he had with Kushida in the best of Super Juniors. And I just feel like he's someone who, who doesn't get enough airplay. Are you um, a Kyle O'Reilly fan, uh, Tinieri? I... I'm a Kyle O'Reilly fan. I am. I am. I'm trying to put aside the whole echo and, you know, Kyle O'Reilly dispute that was happening because, you know, like I said, Adam Cole is my baby. So, um, but yeah, <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly an amazing wrestler. <laughs> Please disregard that. But anyway, um, basically, Kyle is an amazing worker. And yeah, like I, I can always watch a Kyle O'Reilly match. Always. Definitely. Um, any final thoughts on uh, on the show as a whole then, or uh, on sort of like you said, you watched a bit of PWG. Is it is it inspired you to go out and check uh, any more sort of PWG shows out? Uh, definitely, definitely, definitely. I need to watch all of them because especially from like that time, like when they were still like popping, popping, I really need to watch all of those because it's so amazing to just see all these wrestlers. Oh yeah, definitely. Any uh, final thoughts from you, Andrew, on on this show? Roddy Strong, go to Impact now. <laughs> go 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 to go to, go to Impact, Roddy, please. But um, but yeah, like like you said, I, I got to piggyback um all both all both you and Chinyere, like um Cal O'Reilly. I I I feel like he he like it. We we, we like as we see him in this environment at PWG, um, seeing him in Ring of Honor, seeing him in New Japan. 
uh like i feel like o'reilly when he is on his own he can perform but i felt like when he went to wwe he was just so connected to adam cole roderick strong and bobby fish is so much a part of the undisputed era that that became who he was as an on-screen character and like when you and then at that on top of that like it, it would it, it would be a completely different story if that group was just a bust but they legit probably was probably that they legit probably was, was probably the greatest uh faction that nxt has ever produced or nxt that's come out of nxt and i i really don't think they'll have like another group like that again i really don't then i think that just became so much a part of him that now we see Cal O'Reilly now and he's sort of struggling like to find like that sort of on-screen character because like with WWE you can't just go out there and be a great wrestler even though you know sometimes that's the simple route that they don't really realize like sometimes people would just be great wrestlers and the people would draw to him but like with O'Reilly like I think he's just trying to find himself right now and it's not really clicking because he's been so much in the fabric of mm. um the Undisputed Era and the reason that's not affected Adam Cole is because Adam Cole was undisputed there for the most part. Like when you look at the mic work and, you know, he was just the facto leader and the most popular one. Roderick Strong has the diamond man uh, with, my, with uh, uh, Stokely Hathaway, Malcolm Bivens, and then uh, Bobby Fish is doing, uh, making the rounds on the independents, uh, getting ready. He's going to be at the MOW Opera Cup. And yeah, like going back to O'Reilly, I just feel like it's just a thing of him sort of just like maybe not even trying to find like the, the, the whole, that whole cool cow shit that they're trying to do like just let them wrestle like i promise you like it, it might not catch on to a lot of people right away but you know as far as like that wwe audience primary audience like maybe it might not work but like just in this format the, the uh, current version of what nxt is i feel like the best bet for him um is to like go ahead and ask for that call up like and just take it's a crap shoot but like hey like i feel like he would be more you know yeah i've I, well, I mean, let, let me not say that because then I'm, I'm wishing bad on him at that point. But, 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 like, yeah, man, I just feel like it's another thing with O'Reilly. He just needs to, you know, just, just sort sort of find himself outside of uh, the group that he was a part of and, and found so much success in for so many years. Yeah, definitely. And also, you know, they were all tied together in on the Indies and the yeah. you know brought all that experience with them to WWE. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see. It does seem like all these groups that start on the Indies all seem to come back together in one <laughs> form or another, don't they? So yeah, I don't think we're seeing the last of sort of like those guys all in the ring together. But um Mount, Mount Rushmore up next. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mount Rushmore's up a, next. Owens and Super Dragon in there, don't are they, they? Are they yeah, that's all they need, man. Yeah, definitely. And um obviously we talked a bit at the start, uh Chinieri, about sort of like uh, some of your writing, you're doing things like that. Where can people check out more uh, more stuff from you? Well, you guys can check out more stuff from me if you guys follow me, I think on Twitter mostly. Yeah, I think if you guys follow me on Twitter and stuff, it is like that, like at Chinyerekafo underscore. So that's a T-H-I-N-Y-E-R-E-O-K-A-F-O-R underscore. It's very long, I know. Um, but <laughs> if you me up there, you'll find all my work. You'll find links to all my work and all of that. And retweets. I retweet a lot. I'm sorry. But like, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Always <laughs> people who support other people. <laughs> Excellent. Be sure to check that out and that'll be in the show notes as well. And Andrew, obviously, you mentioned uh, some of the interviews you've done this past month, um, you know, throughout this show. Uh, so what other stuff have you been up to? Uh, just um, getting some writing done for the post, post-wrestling post site. Everybody go check out the work 
over on there. Uh, me and John Pollard got the news down packed. That's been my tag team partner on the news beat. But, um, yeah, like you can go check out my interviews at the Andrew Thompson Interviews YouTube channel. And um, yeah, of course, uh, Martin, we're going to be, uh, I, 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 it, it, it has already been announced. Uh, we're going to be doing sort of like a, uh, the, the, the transfer window, I believe it's called, the post transfer. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very thrilled about this. Very, very thrilled about this. It's going to be like a big draft type thing. So, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 com I'm coming to win. And that's it. I'm, 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 throwing, I'm throwing the trash talk out there right now. I'm coming to win, Martin Bushby. Win. <laughs> Let's I go. Expect, exactly. I wouldn't expect anything else, Andrew, obviously. Yeah, like you said there, uh, next week we have got the big world transfer window. It'll be me. Benno waiting, Kate from Montreal, the return of James for one night only, and uh, Mr. Andrew Thompson himself. Uh, basically a fantasy draft show. We did a European one last year that was lots of fun, and I'm sure this one will be just as good. Great to have Jamesy back on, and uh, yeah, bring it on, Andrew. Um, I look uh, forward to uh, <laughs> recording oh, wait. this oh, thing. Ways on the show? Oh, oh yeah. Why? <laughs> why? 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 Why do you bend? Why do you bring this guy? on the show man the, the guy who in the up next games the chat voted for a damn dog over <laughs> a professional wrestler i had like uh, let, let me let me just go ahead and recap this real quick before we get out of here we, we had to pick like a survivor series team right of, yeah. of like wrestlers and like you had to like form your team i had like the most best wrestlers on my team and way uh -huh. chose a damn dog he chose the british bulldogs like little pet and the chat <laughs> voted for his team because he had a dog on his team. I've never felt so cheated in my life. So best believe <laughs> we have, when we do this, this, this next show, I don't know how, but I am going to outdo that bum way team. And this time you're ready. This time you're ready. Way I'm getting my, my revenge because it ain't over until I say it's over. It ain't never going to be of over. Of course. It ain't never. We're we, we fighting for life. To, that, that's all I got to say, Martin Bushby. I love, I love how you and Way are like the Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn <laughs> of uh, post wrestling. You'll just uh, fight forever, literally. Yeah. But on that bombshell, yeah. Best uh, thanks for everyone for listening. Um, obviously, we'll be back next month, and be sure to uh, check out the Big World Transfer Window next week. Uh, of course, all roads lead to postwrestling.com and all your usual news and everything like that. So uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time. <laughs>